Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Live with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Live with Dr. Wendy. I am Wendy Patrick. It is an absolute honor to be hosting a show tonight as we get together to celebrate America all across the nation. A bipartisan holiday, a holiday filled with fun, family, friends, with all the types of things we've looked forward to all year long. It's not just about a day off. It's a patriotic celebration that we're engaging in together. And we're honored to have a show tonight. And one of the things we wanna start off with is wondering what freedom you are most thankful for on Independence Day. Call us and let us know at 888-344-1170. My co-host is Larry Dersham. He's an estate planning attorney, but tonight I have a feeling that we're gonna hear a lot about his constitutional law expertise given the topics that we're tackling. So you may have noticed today, massive crowds flocked to San Diego County beaches for the 4th of July holiday weekend. And that's no doubt because we are the only game around. The other beaches are closed. In fact, the crowds were so thick, it actually prompted state officials to send an emergency notice asking county beaches to shut down the parking lots. In fact, local officials estimated the surge in beachgoers today get this, was 35% higher than typical July 4th holidays. Now, I'm sure the weather had something to do with it as well. But it really made our beaches the top destination for Southern Californians today. However, there are other issues of importance that we have to talk about today as well. Picking up on one of the things we talked about last week, remember last week we talked about this indiscriminate statue teardown movement that was fittingly discussed again last night by the president against the backdrop of none other than Mount Rushmore. And you heard a little bit of a response. In fact, one of the things we heard last night uh, surprised many people, but the president has plans. He actually unveiled an executive order to create a national garden of American heroes that will feature statues of prominent Americans. Now, this is, of course, in direct response to this trend of statue toppling that we've seen all across the nation. But when you hear that the American heroes phrase and you're going to have to be selective, how do you decide who goes on that list? I mean, let's face it, we have so many prominent Americans that we are so proud of that bipartisan support that have done so many wonderful things for this country. How do you decide? I mean, is it gonna be politicians? Will it be uh, community leaders? Will it be um, different people that have contributed, Nobel Prize winners, athletes, Olympians? How in the world do we decide who goes in this garden? Well, here's a little bit more about what the president had to say last night. So the executive order, which he announced, of course, during that 4th of July celebration, Uh, It comes at a time when obviously tensions are high. They've been high since March for a variety of reasons. But listen to the uh, rebuilding monuments to American heroes. Listen to who he is deciding to have in this garden. By the way, do you have any idea? Who, Wendy? 
Okay, so here's the list. George Washington, okay, you saw that one coming. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr. Now, they are all already represented, as many of our listeners know, on or near the National Mall in Washington. But the list goes on. Susan B. Anthony, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, Frederick Douglass, Amelia Earhart, Billy Graham, right. Frederick Douglass, uh, Jackie Robinson, and, and listen to this. Uh, this is obviously going to spark a little bit of controversy. He would like to also put, the president would, an ideological stamp on this idea of American greatness with the inclusion of conservative stalwart justice, you won't believe this one, Antonin Scalia, the late Antonin Scalia. So that's why I asked the question earlier, who do you think belongs in this garden? Is it just going to be politicians or is it going to include jurists? Obviously, he is still thinking this through. It will separately maintain a collection of statues for temporary display at appropriate sites around the U.S. Now, many of us think that it, we've, we've all thought that maybe there are some statues we can all agree should come down lawfully and peacefully, but what do you do with them? Where do you take them? Museums can't always take them. I mean, they're, they're, they've got collections that are too big anyway. Private donors sometimes can buy them, but then how do you display them? So this is a dispute that we're not probably not going to solve anytime soon. But one of the other things that it brings up is this whole idea of cancel culture. That was talked about also by the president last night. That's something that's been on our minds for the last couple of weeks. Because cancel culture, for those of you that have been following the movement, this is that that I don't even want to say popular, but actually let's call it a trending practice, if you will, of withdrawing support, i.e. canceling public figures and companies after they've either done something or said something that is considered objectionable or offensive. And it has been used in social media as a form of shaming, whether it's shaming an individual or a group. I mean, think about just the last couple of months. Individuals can be canceled especially after they've suffered some type of an offensive foot and mouth moment. Or sometimes social media uh, will unearth, as it often does, politicians, comedians, and the like may be facing public backlash for something they said 10 years ago, for a racist or a homophobic joke they made in the past. And I suppose we can even go back a couple of years and say one of the most prominent examples of the cancel culture movement was the whole Me Too era where multiple women came forward with allegations of sexual misconduct, men too, by the way. So what does this cancel culture movement say in a free society when we're talking about, and in all serious business, we're talking about canceling views we disagree with? I'd say, Wendy, that I would call this section of mine a commentary, so to speak, and so it doesn't really reflect necessarily the views of uh, you or the station, but I just call this virus riots, virus riots repeat. So in the freedom-sucking world of socialism, joy is frowned upon and independence is considered to be selfish. The pressure to think collectively and act mindlessly doesn't just apply to people. It applies to their businesses and everything else they create. As we watch the next wave of attacks on America in the form of riots, which again threaten innocent people of every race and creed, their safety, their businesses, and their freedom, it's not difficult to recognize 
the same collectivist stereotypes that are continually reinforced by what I call the propaganda media. What kind of stereotypes do you think we're talking about? Because I know a lot of our listeners are probably uh, thinking about their own narratives and what they've seen and they've heard and, and some of the objections that they've had to really being told what to think, what not to think. Um, and, you know, that that's pretty much shared on both sides of the aisle. We want to be independent thinkers. We want to hear both sides of an argument. But what are some examples of what we're seeing, do you think, as a, um, the most prominent problems, I suppose, we're suffering because of them? Well, I'd say the message is that we are all members of a collective. That's the message they want to get out. And our guilt or our innocence is based on the ethnicity into which we were born or the group to which we belong. And that's a direct attack on the heart and soul of America and the principles that we're founded on. And uh, I just wanted to get out this really important thing, too. We wonder how this is all going down. Uh, it, uh, there's a really famous Italian guy, and his name is Antonio Gramsci. And I want you to learn that. Antonio Gramsci, uh, he was an Italian communist. He lived from 1891 to 1937. And he concluded that unlike what happened in the Bolshevik re- revolution of 19 se- 1917, and of course that's when the communists took over Russia, where the Russian dynasty quickly fell to the communist. Well, according to Gramsci, it would be a lot harder to succeed with such a revolution in Western countries because of the ruling classes in those nations were supported by the educational system, the church, and businesses. So instead of the West, uh, with all these support groups, he said that they would have to be infiltrated by communists over time, what Gramsci called the long march through the institutions to finally establish a communist utopian state where there would be no private property. And I've got some liberal friends. I, I love them to death. But your guitar collection, that's not your private property if these guys win, just so you know. Uh, and the yeah, fo- you know, I, I, go was, ahead. I was going to say, so folks, in a nutshell, this is exactly what you're witnessing in the United States today on July 4th, 2020. You know, and, and it's, it's important dialogue to have. And I hope that's what it sparks is just that dialogue, because, you know, the, the best solutions that we ever come to is kind of like a jury in my day job. You don't just get 12 people in a room that are exactly the same. You have people with different backgrounds, different ideas, diversity. We're stronger together. All the kinds of things that make dialogue so productive. And I'm hoping that your commentary, Larry, can do exactly that. And just make us think more about these issues. Maybe we disagree. Great. Let's talk about it a little more, especially on a day like today, when we come together to celebrate everything that unites us, not necessarily that divides us. Although that always sneaks into conversation too, doesn't it? Absolutely. So we are going to talk more about this on the second half. But remember, the second half is always also characterized by a silver lining. We're going to start with some fun questions that you will want to hear the answers to. So stay with us. We will be back in a flash. You are listening to Live with Dr. Wendy. cycle lowlights have no place here you're listening to headline highlights live with dr wendy on the answer san diego 
Live with Dr. Wendy is sponsored by Veritas International University. If ever there was a time we needed the best Christian thinkers to help us reason through the tough questions we face, it's now. Veritas International University exists for such a time as this. Offering fully accredited residential and distance bachelor's, master's, and doctoral programs in apologetics, archaeology, and biblical history, biblical studies, and theology. For more information, visit ves.edu or call 714-966-8500. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Live with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Live with Dr. Wendy. Okay, as I teased before the break, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the 4th of July traditions that are being celebrated all across the nation. Now, one tradition that isn't being celebrated is gathering out at bars because last Tuesday was last call for San Diego. And we should probably be thankful that things in San Diego were open as long as they were because many counties, remember, were on that watch list of the governors way before we were. And I understand bars are uniquely susceptible maybe of people in close proximity speaking loudly they're there for long periods of time there's no air circulation we can go on and on but fourth of july is about being outside especially with such gorgeous weather so we will uh, try to stay home and enjoy ourselves tonight without going out even though i understand there's a lot of pushback to the governor's orders uh closing closing parks, closing beaches, then reopening beaches. Many people ask me as a lawyer, Wendy, how are these cases going to be litigated in court and what's going to be the response? Well, ask me in 100 years, because we seem to have a pandemic every 100 years and we'll probably have some law 100 years from now. We don't have any easy answers now, except to say that we know litigation leads to legislation. So we can expect some law changes in the near future. Okay. So we're going to celebrate at home tonight. Um, What do you suppose, by the way, is the most popular food to eat on the 4th of July? Uh, How about pizza? 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 That's probably not the answer most people would have guessed. That's what I would have got. Okay, well, you just like pizza. Most people think it's hot dogs or hamburgers. Um, Actually, believe it or not, according to surveys, it is corn on the cob. So I guess it's a little bit healthier than pizza. That's what maybe you and your wife are having. But corn on the cob is another barbecue item. You can you can do it on the grill. You can. It's actually a good side dish to the hot dogs, which is a close second. Um, but we also have potato salad, which most people don't recognize. It's such a great sidecar on Fourth of July. So let me ask you, what do you suppose is for dessert? You've got to get this one, Larry. Apple pie. Oh come on. Oh, there you go. Apple pie and ice cream. That's wonderful. Again, bipartisan support for the Independence Day Food Festival. But as we think about how we're going to plan our evenings, where we're going to watch the fireworks, and we're going to end the show with that, by the way, there actually will be firework displays to see tonight. You know, there are other traditions that we should be remembering here, too, aren't there? Oh, absolutely, Wendy. Um, One of the traditions would be... um, well, again, we celebrate this with our families and so forth, but um, I would just would like to say that, uh, so here we are today, exactly 244 years after our founding. Uh, we're locked down here in California since March 19th by some strange, most uh, mostly non-lethal virus that allegedly came 
out of Wuhan, China, and we're faced with almost daily protests and riots, the statute toppings in cities. But I got some good news. We still live in the freest, most non-discriminatory nation in the entire world. And that's why everybody wants to come here. And that's why we had a civil war. You know, 600,000 people perished in the civil war. And that's the only war I know about in history. And I've studied history where a nation went to war against itself to free, uh, to end slavery. And uh, we still live in the most materially richest nation on the planet, I would say. I think, you know, China's coming up there. Uh, as far as their prosperity, <laughs> but we're doing pretty good with that. Uh, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I am just so blessed. Well, I think, you know, we're blessed for all of those reasons. And, you know, 4th of July really is a day that most of us take the time to actually turn on the television, watch the celebrations, uh, review history. It's really in a class of its own in terms of everything you just said and realizing how how lucky we are. Um, Now, obviously, we've seen a lot of bad news in the last couple of months, and I really hope people are really taking a pause today and thinking about how much we have in common about all of the liberties we share and celebrate. And, you know, we can do that even in our current circumstances, can't we? Oh, absolutely, we can. And uh, this is my personal opinion again, but I think, Wendy, I think what we need to do as a nation is to turn back to God. If you go way back to 1620, the Mayflower, the pilgrims that came over here, before they went ashore, they made the Mayflower Compact, and they dedicated their uh, pilgrimage over here to God in the advancement of his kingdom. So we were founded on Judeo-Christian values. And I think everybody senses in their spirit, we, we live in a beautiful, wonderful nation, But everybody's wondering as they watch the TV news what's going on. So I just wanted to let everybody know about a really important Bible verse. I mean, this is not a Bible show, but 2 Chronicles 7, 14, chapter 7, verse 14. Look it up, people. It says that if we do four things, then God promises he'll do three. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive them their sin and heal their land. And I just think that is so clutch for what we need to do right now. We need to repent as a nation, I think. I think we're getting so far away from our founding that we need to return to restore this beautiful constitutional republic. And I think President Trump actually echoed that in his uh, speech that I watched last night at Mount Rushmore. Yeah, you know, we have an opportunity today to reflect on on these types of things. Um, and we're going to have another opportunity to be thankful in church tomorrow. And even that is a blessing to actually have a holiday where we can reflect on what we need to do as a nation. Praying, what we're thankful for, how much we have in common. If nothing else, how great is it to actually have a day to hit pause to do that? I don't know about you, but I was marveling. I was telling my family, I can't remember a day when I've had so little email. Normally, you know, it's like five screens for a couple of minutes, but today was a day that we sort of let each other enjoy life and enjoy the celebrations and enjoy that corn on the cob (laughs) and the apple pie and ice cream. We actually had a chance to do that. Um, And I have a feeling we'll be doing the same thing tonight as we 
really relish this. And it is also nice that tomorrow's Sunday, because it's not a work day for, for most of us, uh, I know would make the joke that as lawyers, we worked around the clock, and I know many of our listeners do as well. Um, but it's also a time that we can take some time to internalize scripture like that, uh, some of the other points that you've made, some of the discussions that'll go on about what makes this country great, all of the above. Uh, and speaking of ways in which we'll be able to celebrate, tonight in San Diego, as in many other cities around the, the nation, there actually will be several firework celebrations. Where? Okay. Well, let me, I'll tell you where. One of them is taking place in Vista, Brengel Terrace Park, which will start at 9 p.m. So I know it gets dark late, so these all have to stay late. Uh, 94.1 FM is going to be broadcasting music during this event. In Poway, there will actually be two fireworks shows, again, planned for 9 p.m. Hey, everybody, take your pets inside at 9 p.m. There's going to be uh, fireworks going on at least a couple of different locations. Uh, one of those in Poway is going to be at the high school. The other is going to be at Sportsplex. Uh, these will also be... Um, these will also be the kinds of things that we're going to try to practice social distancing at, as we will in the other two, one in El Cajon, one in Santee. Now, in El Cajon, it's going to be at John F. Kennedy Park, again, 9 p.m. Park will be closed, however, to pedestrians. Remember that we sort of have to finesse these rules. Beaches are open, parking lots aren't. Doing what we can to allow everybody out to mingle, to have a good time, um, but also to be, to be socially distanced. And then the fourth place is Santee. Again, two simultaneous fireworks shows commencing at 9 p.m. Uh, so look it up. We're going to have musical accompaniment there, too, on KSON 103.7 FM. And, folks, it is so important to please, if you want to see fireworks, go out and leave it to the professionals. Instead of having home firework displays, which we're not supposed to do, but we've all been hearing them go on for the last three days almost nonstop. Your pets don't enjoy that, and it's dangerous and please don't drink and drive. So uh, Larry, those are four uh, really good options here in, in San Diego. Are you gonna head to any of those locations tonight? Well, I'll probably you know stay home after the show tonight and uh, watch it on TV. But I, if I could quickly squeeze this in, the Star Spangled Banner written by Francis Scott Key, way back when, when we were fighting the British and uh, they they wanted to do a prisoner exchange. So he went out there to the uh, to one of the ships off the coast. Uh, the British had all the ships. They had hundreds of ships. And he tried to negotiate a prison exchange. And he said, well, you can do that, but I've got some bad news for you. See that Fort uh, Henry over there? We're going to make that disappear off the face of the earth. And he said, well, how are you going to do that? He said, we're going to bomb it. So they bombed it all night. And in the morning, that flag was still there, but it was crooked. The, the pole was crooked. They found out later when he went ashore that the it was actually targeted to be taken down, but it was actually patriots that lifted that uh, flag up manually, and they died. They moved the, the, the patriots that passed away, and they, new patriots took their place to hold that flag off the ground in the air, and we maintained our sovereignty. We became a nation. Such a beautiful thing. And our national You know what it is? Anthem, and it's also, it's, also, it's also one of the reasons that it's so important that our children learn this history that it's not erased from textbooks, but they actually are able to ask some of the questions that, you know, you see the man on the street, the woman on the street interviews where you're asking, well, do you know this? Do you know that about American history? And then making fun of the answers. We shouldn't make fun of those answers. We should actually try to make sure that everybody's educated so we can appreciate, cherish, 
celebrate the history together. And it shouldn't yeah. just be one day of the year. It should be every day. So every day. I'm glad we're talking about it today. And I hope our listeners continue to talk about it in dialogue, whether we agree or disagree. We have to come together on a day like today and, and enjoy our our goodies and our fireworks and our celebrations together because there's so much more that unites us than divides us. Absolutely. So we want to thank you all for joining us tonight. We want to wish you a wonderful, safe, festive 4th of July. Please join us next week for more of Live with Dr. Wendy, headlines with a silver lining. Have a great week. And we want to also make sure that if you are headed out to one of those firework displays tonight, that you make very sure that you exercise social distancing so we can all get rid of this pandemic, whether we have a vaccine or not, so that we can go out and start enjoying our time together. We're better together, we're stronger together, we miss each other, and we wanna make sure we don't do anything prematurely. So let today be an example of how we can set the standard to be role models for the rest of the community. God bless you, have a great week.